Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bloom and Tech. I'm your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks also to my sponsors for helping make it possible for you to listen. We're in the middle of award season here in Hollywood, which can be a really crazy time. I don't have to follow the ins and outs of the business quite as ceaselessly as some of my former colleagues and what has now become a large and well-defined subset of the entertainment business. Awards are a big deal here in Hollywood. They bring attention and sometimes more money for both the film and its creators, and for future projects from those creators. For a Hollywood newcomer, such as Netflix, awards also are a way to signal to subscribers that they have really good shows that are worth paying for month after month. Not surprising, then, that Variety reported that Netflix has spent $25 million to promote Alfonso Cuaron's Roma, a film that may not have cost much more than $25 million to make. Outsiders typically don't pay much attention to most awards stuff beyond the Oscars and maybe the Golden Globes, which are held about eight weeks apart in uh, here in the middle of the winter, or the Primetime Emmys, which are held in the early fall. But there are plenty of other awards and even award shows, some of which can have an impact on what happens in the biggest awards. The SAG and Producers Guild Awards and the BAFTAs are three examples of smaller shows with big impacts in the annual awards season derbies. And there are other more specialized gatherings honoring one slice of Hollywood or another. You may not follow them, but people in Hollywood do. And they can help focus and even boost the awareness among Oscar voters and even consumers occasionally when they do well. Such was the case for me this week. It was two nights, two studios, two award shows, and one Tom Cruise. First up were the final draft awards, honoring three writer-director showrunners. The awards, sponsored by the screenwriting software company of the same name, were held on the Paramount Pictures lot in the studio's spacious main theater. Before and after the presentation, everyone was well-fed and enjoyed an open bar. All in all, it was a pretty good time, and they're smart, I think, to make it a celebration and a party and uh, spotlight some, some writers who might actually use their software to help encourage other folks to do the same. The most prominent honoree of the night was Callie Curry, who first made a name for herself with a screenplay for 1991's Thelma and Louise. Her screenplay won an Oscar, a Golden Globe, and a BAFTA Award, among much else, and truly launched her career. Since then, she wrote and directed Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, among other writing and directing projects. And a good chunk of the last decade, she spent as the creator and sometime writer and director of Nashville, the long-running TV show set in the country music scene of that town. I interviewed Callie for a bit on the red carpet before the awards started. Here's our conversation. What's it mean for you to be able to get honored after 30 years of fantastic work in the in the world here? Um, I'm honored, and 
you know, I'll talk a little bit about feeling like a fraud in my remarks later tonight, but, you know, very happy to be here. You've had a lot of proof that you're not a fraud given the things you've managed to do over the years. I mean, how, how has screenwriting and creation changed for you since Thelma and Louise? Well, it hasn't gotten any easier. I wish I could say that it had. You know, it's always a challenge. Each thing feels like I've never done it before. So I feel like I'm continuously starting from scratch and learning on the job. And I'm just very, very fortunate that I have, you know, good people around me that help me get to the finish line. What inspires you these days? Well, uh, currently I'm writing uh, a movie about Aretha Franklin, so that's rather inspiring. Looking for respect, are you? Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, I've just got several projects that I'm very excited about that I wake up thinking about and really want to get to work, you know? So we've seen the transformation from movies to, f to TV and to online streaming. Does that change the way you structure the writing that you do and the sorts of scripts you create? Well, it does. I mean, I mean, each thing is kind of its own thing, you know, and so it's a little bit of the Wild West, you know, there's no formula that really holds for all things except, you know, so I like to say beginning, middle, and end. Right, yeah, except I find out that on the digital world, the, the end is sometimes where you have to start because people don't have the patience to wait for the beginning and the middle. Right. Yeah. Now, is it different for you when you don't have ads to hit a beat against or two hours to fill? I mean, all those kinds of things? I mean, you have to think about that, you know? You have to think about the way you build your beats. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's nice to not have to stop in the middle of something and do something, you know, shocking or artificial or anything to get people to come back. So I kind of, it's just, you know, it's a learning process for me though. You know, it's like you figure out if, when it works once you've written it, so. There's a lot of a lot of competition right now for talent like yours out there. Netflix is spending a lot of money, but so are a lot of other people. Where are you doing work now? Well, I am doing a picture for MGM, the one that I'm writing right now, and then I'm pitching a lot of things right now, and we'll see where they land. So. Well, thank you so much, Callie. Thank you. And congrats it's a again. Pleasure. It's an thank honor, well deserved, and thank long overdue. So. Thank you very Thanks. much. Take care. Later on, inside, Callie got up to accept her award, and here's what she had to say about being given the Hall of Fame award from Final Draft. Well, let's see. I, this is going to be brief because I have heard that that is the soul of wit. <laughs> I was going to talk tonight about fraud and how prevalent it is these days and how I'm recognized for writing. Every time that happens, I feel like it's probably part of an elaborate sting to weed out me from the real writers. Um, I would be most qualified to write about how to avoid writing or the things I've become proficient in while avoiding writing. <laughs> I can do so many things so much better than I can write because everything is easier. And I was going to talk about that and I was going to talk about, you know, all the things that, and just how hard it is. And then, and then I read today about Gussie Smollett. 
And I just decided that I would talk about what this real job is and what our responsibility is as storytellers. And I'm nervous, so please forgive me. What, as storytellers, is our job in times like this? What do we have, what is our responsibility? You know, we have important work to do right now, which you alluded to, Boots, and I think cannot be stressed enough. We have to help each other understand how connected we are. We have to help each other through these absurd times. We're seeing things in 2019 that wouldn't have looked at, out of place in 1939, and that's a failure of our society. So we have to keep telling these stories. It's so important. What is our job? What stories can we tell that can make us better, that can make us understand each other more and make each other laugh and cry and see ourselves both in and through the eyes of others? How can I, as a fraud, help? Well, I think it's true that you're not a fraud if you care, if you're telling the truth with your whole heart. I just want to say one second. I want to digress. I know this is rather serious talk that I'm giving here, but you know, I write everything by hand, and I can barely read it. But it takes me back to when I wrote Thelma and Louise, which I wrote by hand because there was no final draft. <laughs> and I had to type the names Thelma and Louise a thousand times. I had to tab to get over to them. And that's how long I've been writing. I just found all the, all the notebooks that I'd written Thelma and Louise by hand in, in three notebooks in my own handwriting. Yeah. Well, maybe someday I'll bring them. Um, anyway, you're not a fraud if you mean what you say and if you're trying to tell the truth and if you love with your whole heart the characters you create and the people who see themselves in those characters. So I guess I'm going to relieve myself of feeling like a fraud and accept this honor with gratitude and humbly, and with my whole heart. So thank you, Final Draft, very much for recognizing me. Final Draft also honored two very interesting up-and-comers with its new voice awards. The rapper turned film auteur Boots Riley, who made a big splash this year with his first movie, The Biting Satire, Sorry to Bother You, and Tanya Saracho, the showrunner of the Stars Channel show Vida, which looks at the complicated lives of a group of Latin X, her word, of all genders and gender preferences. Riley and Sriracha are making some of the smartest and most venturesome entertainment out there, so it was nice to see both of them get some attention. And now let's take a, a little break and hear from our sponsor, and we'll come back to talk about the second night of awards, which Tom Cruise, of all people, decided to crash. And 
And we're back, this time to talk about the Lumiere Awards. A night after the final draft awards, and about five miles north of Paramount, on the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank, the Advanced Imaging Society held its 10th annual edition of the Lumieres, which recognized visual and technical achievements in film, TV, and emerging platforms such as virtual reality. They also get into highlighting new technologies such as 8K resolution imagery and HDR, Uh, By the way, I talked to some of the top guys in the space. If you are buying a 4K TV, make sure you get one with HDR technology built in. That single feature will do more to improve your viewing than just about anything else. The Lumiere's focus a lot more on handing out a lot of awards. Voted on by a group of about 3,000 people in the business of entertainment technology drawn from around the world. As such, the Lumieres are more like a traditional awards show and more likely to give a boost to some of the big Oscar contenders that were part of the proceedings. It's difficult to know how many doors got opened for Oscar contenders that get a couple of Lumieres, but wins among the industry specialists here can signal support from at least those Academy members who work in and vote on areas such as animation and visual effects. Among the Lumiere honorees with Oscar nominations were three up for Best Picture, Alfonso Cuaron's Roma, Ryan Coogler's Black Panther, and Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born. Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, which is up for Best Visual Effects, picked up three Lumieres. And two films up for Best Animated Feature, Sony's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Disney's Ralph Breaks the Internet, picked up awards too. Spider-Man got two awards, including the one for Best Animated Feature, further solidifying, in my mind at least, its growing status as a late-arriving favorite for the animation Oscar. The night's glitziest moment happened late, when Tom Cruise surprised much of the audience and walked on stage to honor his longtime collaborator, writer-director Christopher McQuarrie. McQuarrie was receiving the Harold Lloyd Award from the granddaughter of Harold Lloyd, no, no less, It's basically the Lumiere for career achievement. Cruz volunteered to do the presentation and made sure that uh, everything was done just right with the fanciest of uh, 3D uh, high-resolution clips from the movie. His presence was kept a secret, though, until his name was called and he walked on stage. McQuarrie and Cruz have worked on a wide range of projects, including two Mission Impossible movies. Two more have been uh, announced the new Top Gun movie, Jack Reacher, and Edge of Tomorrow. Like Kelly Curry, McCory's breakout in the business happened in, back in the 1990s when he wrote an Oscar-winning screenplay. His twisty story helped make The Usual Suspects a cult favorite for many, and out of that he built a durable career combining writing, directing, and producing on a wide range of mostly action films. Here's Cruz and McQuarrie at the awards presentation. There's my teleprompter, accept remarks, TC Chris. Do we have my speech on here? I brought this just in case. Not at all, we're rolling on it? Okay, I'll just continue. (laughs) So listen, Harold Lloyd, obviously, he is one of the fathers of cinema. Uh, He's someone that Chris McCrory and I uh, greatly admire and we speak of often. So to give McHugh this award tonight is quite a privilege for me. 
So I met uh, McHugh, I call him McHugh. In 2007, I came by my house uh, to discuss this wonderful script that he wrote and that he was attached as a producer, it was Valkyrie. We ended up spending uh, the whole afternoon, just hours and hours, it's supposed to be a brief meeting, and we were talking about movies and storytelling, history of cinema, structure lenses, we are going back and forth on our favorite scenes and films, it was one of those meetings, and I, you know, we loved the same movies. Uh, I remember him leaving that afternoon, and I asked him, so where are you going now? And he said, uh, well, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm going back to Seattle. I said, Seattle? I was thinking, you know, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to shoot a movie about killing Hitler in Seattle. <laughs> so Paula Wagner, a wonderful woman I work with, called me after a meeting. She said, how'd it go? I said, it was great. I said, but, uh, you know, he's going back to Seattle. And uh, he's got to know that if I'm going to make this movie, you know, he's, he's got to produce it. So uh, here we are, uh, 10 films later, 12 years later. And you never really did make it back to Seattle, did you, Chris? Never. <laughs> no. So the reason Chris McCory is receiving this award tonight, you know, this honor, uh, in honor of a man that we have so much respect for, Harold Boyd, aside of the fact that you love to know everything there is to know about the most cutting-edge technology. You know, when we're working together, I basically, you know, my computer, my phone's break or anything, right there on set, he's the one that fixed it for me. You know, he's, he's actually the one that showed me how motion smoothing, how to turn it off on my TV, so. Yeah. Yeah. So no soap opera effect for me when the cube's around. You know, thank you. Listen, you apply all, all those cutting edge technologies uh, beautifully to the films. But like Harold Lloyd, you respect the audience. You work for the audience. You utilize the technology in service of and to enhance the experience in the story for the audience. Because you understand better than anyone that story is king and that everything is in service to that. That the clarity of communication to the audience is more important than even technical excellence and not that you don't strive for it. I have to say, McHugh, you are a superb storyteller. You are an exceptional filmmaker, and you inspire me every day. I admire you, I greatly respect you, and I'm very grateful that uh, you decided to come by that afternoon because it has been a privilege to know and work with you. So it's my great honor to present you with this very well-deserved award. Ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, Let's all give a warm welcome to Christopher McCory. Mr. Of technology, of all the technology 
that we developed making Mission Impossible, the singer's, single greatest piece of technology that we have, is Tom Cruise. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a really unfair advantage in that respect. Um, when, whenever, whatever idea we come up with, whatever crazy thing we suggest, uh, how, however insane it might be, Tom's response is invariably, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> how are you going to shoot it? Um, and that question sets in motion the development of new technologies that no one has ever used before. And that's because Tom Cruise insists on a completely immersive, subjective experience. What's most important to him, and, and, is, and as a result is most important to me, is an intimate connection with the protagonist. Whether the protagonist is in a garden talking to a woman he loves or clinging to the side of an A400 as it takes off with him hanging on the outside. And, that, and, and that's what causes us to have to, to, have to push technology in, in the way that we do. And this is, this is especially touching because, um, uh, as Tom might have mentioned, at the beginning of, you know, we've made uh, three Mission Impossible movies together, we've made, uh, we've made 10 films together in total, uh, and at the beginning of every single one of those uh, experiences, there's always a, con a conversation that eventually takes us to the silent era. Uh, Mission Impossible always starts with uh, the masters of cinema and the pioneers of cinema and, and cinematic storytelling. Um, and one of those reasons being that we are, we're trying to make films for a global audience. And we consider sound, music, dialogue all to be garnishes. Uh, and we want the image to speak as universally as possible, whenever possible. And invariably, when we have those conversations, sooner or later, we start talking about Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd is, is without question, one of, the, one of the godfathers of Mission Impossible. Uh, Harold Lloyd was a mass entertainer, uh, and, and unabashedly so. Cared about the audience, cared about storytelling, but also threw himself, body and soul, uh, into what he was doing. And we, we watch Harold Lloyd in awe when we think about the fact that he's doing things that it, long before any of the safety equipment or standards that existed that, that, we're, that we adhere to. He just did it. Uh, the other thing that's really amazing, if you go back and watch uh, some of his most iconic stunts, Harold Lloyd was actually missing the thumb and forefinger on his right hand. Um, he, was, he was an incredible stuntman, an incredible artist and performer. Uh, and someone that we look to with great inspiration. So to be standing here uh, this evening with Suzanne Lloyd and receiving this award is especially, especially touching. Uh, uh, and, and so uh, I, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit speechless. I'm especially speechless that this guy snuck up on me. <laughs> and so I just, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you especially to the Advanced Imaging Society, to uh, Paramount Pictures, Liz Raposo, Jim Giannopoulos, uh, who always trust us, even though we don't know what we're doing, so it's hard for us to explain to you what we're doing. Um, <laughs> they know, they know. Um, uh, and, and, and most importantly, thank you to all of you for watching. For all of you who come to, to see our films, it really is you that we're, that we're making these films for. And, and I think more than anyone, uh, thank you to my partner in crime, Tom Cruise. Uh, for, for
showing me that there were things I could do. Every day I go to work and say, I can't believe I'm doing this. I should not be doing this. It's probably illegal what we're doing. Um, and, uh, and, and, and for always saying, how do we do it? So thank you.